Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry episode 57. As always I'm joined by Dom. Yahoo! And Jordan. Stay frosty gents. Is that your new catchphrase? I've been doing that the last couple of weeks. Yeah I like it. No, I feel uh, like it flows. <laughs> Stay frosty gents is actually a reference to a game we'll be talking about later in the show. Walking Ooh, Dead what game could that be? Here. Oh, I was thinking Call of Duty. Never mind. <laughs> no, I mean, well, we know we're doing uh, Walking Dead spoilers because they just came out with a new episode that's from uh, Ava. Had, ah, uh, ah. When you're sneaking with Ava and Gabriel, you're playing as Javier, obviously. Um, and she says, hey, stay frosty, gents. And Gabriel goes, what does that mean? And Javier goes, it means stay cool, buddy. Stay frosty, gents. Well, what, no, no spoilers for now. We'll let you know. When to dodge the spoilers later on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so, as far as what we've been playing, I had a couple of weird things that I've been playing. So, I went back and played some Spelunky. Uh, no Clip recently uh, released their documentary for Spelunky yes. with Derek Yu. And, like, that's one of my favorite games ever. So, like, after I watched the documentary, I'm like, yeah, I'll go back and play some more Spelunky. There's never there's never uh, not time to play more Spelunky, right? So, I played more of that, just having a blast. Um I also, like we said, I played Walking Dead and New Frontier Episode 4. We'll talk about that later in the show. Spoilers and all that stuff. Enjoyed it. Some people are saying it had the Telltale uh, Episode 4 curse. I thought it was a good episode. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll talk about that later. Uh, when I started playing Fallout Shelter on Xbox One. So I played Fallout Shelter when oh. it originally came out on mobile. Way back when. And it's amazing how much this game changed i didn't know how much they added to this game it's it's a thing now yeah yeah there's quests you go and you do quests with your characters and you'll like there's a lot more to this game and i'm actually really enjoying it and i was like what's the point of this even being on console because what i remember playing a fallout shelter was a very simplistic uh, management kind of game right and i didn't know they added in all of these features and all these other things and it's really cool man it's way deeper than it was when i originally played it and i'm really enjoying myself so that was kind of a surprise. All the stuff they've added completely free. Like they've been just supporting oh, yeah. this. It's weird. Oh wow. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I'm pretty sure it's also available on a uh, PlayStation Four, right? I I think it's just Xbox and PC. Wow. Okay. I could yeah, be wrong really though. Cool. Um, Someone tossed the private ticket later. Also, you guys know how much I. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I'm really sorry, Jared, but. Dom just dropped an Easy Allies reference on us, and we gotta appreciate that shit. Yeah, the, the proven ticket. Yes, uh, I uh, in, in loving memory. I'm just so happy that that happened, Dom. I'm so glad you know what that is. <laughs> Love and respect. Oh. Uh, so the other game I'm playing, I'm I'm not a huge mobile game fan. You guys know that. I don't play a lot of mobile games. The only mobile game I've kind of been playing frequently but that's like every like week that i remember that it's on my ipad and i go in to get my daily login stuff is a uh, fire emblem uh and the cool thing with that game is that they've actually added a lot more content it's it's fun and i'm not playing it because i don't enjoy it anymore i'm just not playing it because i don't it's hard for me to keep track of mobile games anyways uh speaking but it's of still easy, important like, enough for you to want that daily bonus or whatever exactly exactly um and recently, Brandon Jones on Easy Allies on their stream, he was streaming DC Legends, which is a mobile game, and it looked really interesting. It was really, it looked really cool. I was like, oh, I wonder if Marvel has to have a version of this game, right? I went and looked at the two big Marvel mobile games, Future Fight and Contest of Champions. They're not really anything like this, uh, and they're similar, but it's not exactly like I love the game, like what you're actually doing in DC Legends, and the Marvel ones didn't really do much for me. 
I'm a huge Marvel guy. I like DC, but not as much as Marvel. I decided to download DC Legends anyways. Having a blast with it. Game's really cool. You can. I like being able to structure your own teams. So I have like the default team that I'm rocking with, which is uh, uh, Batman. Uh, I always forget the magician lady's name. Zatanna? Is it Zatanna? Yeah, Zatanna. Yeah. Z-A-T-A-N-A. Uh, Flash and Green Arrow. So that's really cool. I have her because she's a healer and Green Arrow because he has an AoE attack. But I have like other teams that I'm starting to build. So like... I have, uh, I'm working on a Suicide Squad team, so I have Harley Quinn and Deadshot, Deadshot unlocked so far. Uh, I'm, I want to do another, I'm making another team for all the CW characters, so, so far I have Green Arrow and Flash in that team. I also have Green Lantern unlocked, but I don't really like his, like, powers in the game and stuff like that. Uh, also Bane, but they have the design of Bane that I personally don't like, which is his, his black helmet red goggle look, you Ooh, know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like the OG Bane. The, the wrestle really mask a, looking one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that Bane design. So so does I'm he kinda... have uh, like pumps coming out of his arms and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really That's OG Bane, baby! Yeah, I don't like OG Bane. That's not my favorite design of that character. Um, but yeah, the, the amount of characters they have is really cool. Weird thing yes, about the game. Up. They have three different Batmans in the game. Only one Superman, only one Flash. It's really weird. Um... I don't think the game's even a year old yet, though, but I'm really enjoying my time with it. Uh, cool thing about this game that a lot of mobile games should have if you're like a turn-based combat game, it has an auto feature, which means that uh, you can just turn that on and it'll auto-fight yes. for you. So I can watch podcasts and stuff and just have that on auto and click the fights I want to do and stuff like that. Turn-based? Hasn't been... I, yeah, I turn think based. all turn-based stuff, mobile, console, PC, whatever, from now on should at least have that option. Yeah. Uh... Lastly, real quick, uh, I think they're not stingy with the currency. I think the daily missions and quests and all that stuff that you get, super good. I don't ever feel like I need to put money in it, which I never will anyways. But that's a huge thing for me. The moment I feel like I'm getting berated with, you know, pay money, pay money, pay money, or they're so stingy with stuff that I feel the need that I can't do anything without paying money, that's when I immediately cut the cord cold turkey. Haven't had that, and I appreciate that. So I'm having a blast with that. That's pretty much it for me, though. What have you guys been playing? All right, I got more Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, we'll get into it later, but then I, I of course, played uh, the fourth episode of Walking Dead, A New Frontier. Um, and Vita Patch live for Salt and Sanctuary. Hell yeah. There we fucking go. Sooner than I thought. I, it's, it's impressive. So I don't know if I said it last week, but uh, Scott Studios, who made the game, they actually, the Vita port, they contracted out to a different studio. Uh, so that's who put the patch out. I think Sickhead is what they're called. But <clears throat> so since that patch, I haven't had a single crash. So that's really you know. cool that they were like, "Listen, we're not gonna be able to handle this. Let's just give it to somebody." Well, and th- that they were on it to contact those people and be like, "Hey, our guys are having issues. You need to patch this for us." You know, yeah. and they were considering so quick with it, considering Sickhead, the size, Sickhead sounds like a ska band. So it's funny that ska <laughs> studios. Oh yeah, it yeah, really does. it's really funny. I just I thought it was impressive, like given the size of these studios, you know that that I mean a couple weeks, I guess almost a month late, whatever. Like that's still pretty impressive that they got that out to seemingly completely fix uh, that issue, you know, mm. on the Vita, because who the, yeah. you know there's not that many Vitas in use and they're still Shout helping out us out to so. them. So that's really cool. Think about those smaller companies though, like their reputation is everything. You know, when they're not yeah. as big as other companies, they need to make sure that they satisfy the people who paid money for their game. So they're right. smart. They're doing it right. Good on them. Yeah. And I'm still enjoying that game a whole lot, but I finally I finally pinpointed and understand like 
my biggest gripe and something about it that I that is really damn annoying. <clears throat> so, uh, like Dark Souls, um, you can it's just one giant interconnected world. Like you can walk from you know one end to the other. Uh, of course, you'll want to fast travel and things like that. But because it's 2D and it's on a small screen, I don't know if the same issue will happen on you know if you play on PS4. But you can't see you know what's below you. So there are areas where if you fall off a ledge, you'll just die, or you know you'll fall off a ledge and you're in front of where you, exactly where you want to be, taking no health. So it's it's hard to tell. And there's no like look down mechanic. Like if you push exactly. down and hold down, that's weird. It's yeah. it's there is uh, with the right analog stick, but it barely it barely moves the screen. I got you. It doesn't yeah. really. And and because it's so big, like there's you know areas where from the top to the bottom is you know like. 50 different ledges you know it's a that whole could huge be just area. a limitation for it being on vita you know it's like that's yeah the downfall of it yeah but so I that's also what feel like it could be like they don't want you to be able to see yeah that might part be of it too. wanting to die yeah that too right where yeah. you you literally have to take leaps of faith uh actual yeah. leaps of faith not pressing triangle when you uh climb the <laughs> tower as Ezio. but i don't know it's just something that irks me especially when this also like dark souls if you get hit by an enemy you know by certain enemies they can knock you back 30 feet you know, and then that's the most frustrating, frustrating kind of death. But either way, it's still a great game. Just had to throw that out there. So that w- that's what I've been doing this week. I, I think we might have spoken about this before. It is coming to Switch later, right? Yeah. Well, actually, we did not know. We speculated. But they recently tweeted. Someone asked them. Uh, and they said, we're making inquiries about the Switch and uh, Xbox One. So. Hell yes, dude. I think I can wait. I think I can wait on uh, on that one. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's a tough call for me. Like, cause like I'm like I want to get it on Xbox as soon as it becomes available. But when I have my Switch this fall, that's such I think a I'm, great I'm just gonna wait. Switch I'm, I'm just gonna wait. Yeah. I imagine it's gonna take a while anyway for them to get yeah. these ports out if they happen. Cause all they said it was be making 20, inquiries. Yeah, spring 2018 before it gets to Switch. Right, and and apparently Nintendo isn't you know easy to work with when it comes to these sorts of things. No shit. <laughs> what have but, you been yeah. playing though, Jordan? Okay, so we've got, of course, Walking Dead, um, and then we've got a big release on the old Nintendy boys, and that's Puyo Puyo Tetris, man. Ah, ah. Hell yeah. So, um, I played some Puyo Puyo Pop um, on the DS uh, to get ready for this game, see what's going on with just Puyo Puyo, and it's like um, these... Uh, colored Puyos drop down from the top and, uh, you know, they can be connected to each... Well, there's at least two, I should say. Sometimes they're even bigger. Um, but you're trying to match up the colors, essentially. Um, I'm sure you've played games like that before. Uh, but that's apparently a really big fad in Japan, um, even though, obviously, it's not a huge thing over here. And so they combined that with Tetris, which we all know and love, and then you get Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is like... Uh, weird because it's you can do you know you can just play straight up Tetris if you want you can play straight up Puyo Puyo um, and different challenges and um, game types and stuff or you can go through the story and then um, they'll take you through these stages where you have um, like maybe one you'll be switching back and forth so um, it'll drop a coin to see which one you start with and then um all of a sudden, like, you have so many seconds to play on the Puyo Puyo board, and then you have to jump over to Tetris, and then you jump back and forth and back and forth. And so um, there's different game modes like that. It has a lot of different game modes. I've got to give it props for that. 
Um, one thing I'll say that I noticed also in Puyo Puyo Pop on DS um, is where there's like, you know, these uh, kind of like Persona 4 or Persona 5, I should say, cutscenes where um, you've got like the person and they're talking and then the other person and they're talking, but really it's just coming up as text as at the bottom um, or they're fully voiced like here. A lot of Japanese games do this type of thing. Um, and for, you know, an arcade game like this, I'm not really just that interested in the story at all, obviously. So, um, usually you would never hear about me skipping any type of cutscene whatsoever, but for this game, I'm just like, no, thank you guys. All these goofy, cute little kitty characters, which I don't know, man, kids playing these games, like these are, some of these matches are really tough, so. Um, that's whatever, you know, I'm not expecting a story and I kind of wish it wasn't there in the first place. So I'm just hitting skip, but, uh, very different from how I'd usually play a game. Even if it's not story focused, I would usually watch the cutscenes. So anyways, really enjoying the game. Um, like in both sides of it, Tetris and Puyo, um, and the mix there in between. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, Obviously came out like two days before Mario Kart, so it would have been really nice to have this at the beginning of April, but that's not the way things work, so uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it now, and it'll be a great side dish, Um, so there's that, Um, and then, let me think, Uh, there was something else I played. Was it a PS4 game? It wasn't on PS4. Um, trying to think of what else. Mr. Shifty? Yeah, I've, I've been jumping into Mr. Shifty a little bit. Um, was it a mobile game? Was it a No, Switch I feel like game? it's a Switch game. Uh, you only got a couple to choose from. <laughs> yeah. I've actually kind of been... I've been building up my library a little bit, you know, different games coming out. I picked up Fast RMX Racing because I've heard so many good things about it, even though um, I haven't played it because I've also not been playing Mario Kart 7 on my 3DS because I'm starving myself of kart and racing games because I'm just going to gorge tomorrow morning when Mario comes out. But anyways, I remember what I was thinking of. I played some uh, Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap. Ah, oh, I would definitely want that on Switch. Yeah, yeah. so that's like, it's, uh, it's a remake of an old-ass game, and it's one of these cool th- ones where you can switch right back and forth um, between the old and new graphics, and they're very different. Um, so, gorgeous game, um, and was kind of on the fence about this one, but uh, the Easy Allies helped me out with the review, and the dulcet tones of Brandon Jones convinced me to buy it. So, there you have it, kids. Awesome. That's a. I think we had a pretty pretty solid week there. Uh, first week in a while that all three of us had a a decently hefty uh, chunk of games on our plate. Speaking of Nintendo Switch, we're gonna be hopping right into the news here. Uh, we basically got the the uh, Switch sales numbers for the first month. Uh, 2.74 million units is what the Nintendo Switch sold, and uh, we got these by way of a year end earnings call for Nintendo. Uh, it, so 2.74 million consoles. 2.76 million copies of Breath of the Wild. So more copies of Breath of the Wild than the actual console. And that console. is uh, Switch copies of Breath of the Wild. Yes, yes. Um, so really interesting here. 
this article on IGN uh, by Jonathan Dornbush, the boy wonder of news, uh, basically goes through a couple of the sales numbers. So for the first month for the Wii, it sold 3.19 uh, million units, and um, the Wii U sold 3.06. The difference here, you're going to say, whoa, the Wii U sold more than the Nintendo Switch. Both of those consoles released a week or two weeks before Black Friday. Holiday sales numbers are way higher than what they are in the spring uh, or any other any other period. So for the Switch to hit 2.76 or 2.72, uh, sorry, um, in the spring is actually really huge. Um, the only other numbers you can really compare it to because of its release uh, is the Nintendo 3DS, which in its first month sold 3.61 million units. Um, and that released in January, and that was between January and February. Um, so, and obviously the 3DS is a booming success. Uh, this is a little bit different because it's a handheld and a console. So if you're comparing it, it's month of release uh, and that kind of stuff. I think it, it shows a lot of promise. Obviously, we're going to see how it does with games and stuff this holiday. But as far as sales numbers, I think this is really solid. They say this actually beat uh, Nintendo's expectations. They were only planning to sell $2 million. So they almost... They almost, uh, you know, got a whole other million above what they expected, which is huge. And honestly, these numbers could have been even higher if there was just product, right? If the product was available, these probably would have been e plus three mil. Easily. That, and if they had a games lineup worth uh, really jumping in on, even though, yeah, of I mean, course, they're selling many... out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, if uh, they had, but think if they had all the stock that we could want, and then they had a, a lot of games that we want, then, yeah, they could have easily sold, I think pushing maybe 10. I, I mean, that helps too, but once again, it's a problem if they don't have enough product. You know, they don't have enough No, I'm saying so. in a perfect world where they have enough oh, product yes. and enough <laughs> yeah. games. The, oh. how, think of how far they could go, you know. I'm thinking like maybe even 8 or 10 in the first month. Yeah, with just I Breath think, of the Wild, they, you know, it sold more than the console. It shows. Yeah, maybe you, you know, maybe that is a, uh, is a good point that you don't want. I mean, it would have been nice if we had something else to fucking play besides that game, but... Yeah, just, it's like, I don't know, let's just save some games, and then, you know, Zelda should pretty much take care of it for that month. Yeah, which it did. So I think I think these numbers are good, but yeah, it's still, you know, it's early. I think this fall is really going to be a big tell about what the Switch is going to do in its lifetime. Um, expect the Mario Kart 8 bundle, or some, you know, some kind of bundle. Probably not, probably not Breath of the Wild or Odyssey bundles, but they're going to have something going on. Dude, you know, I think imagine imagine this holiday if Pokemon Stars is sometime this holiday and Odyssey. Exactly. Like this no, thing is gonna sell no. gangbusters. No stars this holiday, boys. I'm sorry. I I think so. Hopefully. I think I think um, it does happen. I think they try to ride off the Pokemon Go uh, train a little bit and cash in. Of course, that's if the you know if Stars is ready. Then <laughs> if, if it's, it's even I should say if Stars is happening, it does need to happen quick. I should say that. Yeah. If it's on, if it's on only on 3DS, I think it happens this year. If I think if it's on Bolt, it happens this year. I think if it's a Switch game, it's next year. Is my okay. my take on okay. it? Yeah, just, that, just to that spread would it make out. sense with them hiring more people a little while back. Um, but uh, on this news, I want to say, you know, just taking a little step back, the reason that they're having this call right now, right a month or so after uh, the Switch came out, is the reason that the Switch is here and has the lack of games that it does and has the um, lack of eShop and a lot of other features that we've spoken about on Those the show. Those year-end sales numbers, baby. 
<laughs> right. They're at the end of a fiscal year, and so they push this out when it really probably shouldn't be out. But uh, they had to do it for financial reasons. Financial reasons, and so that's why... Um, you know, Dom and I were talking before the show, you can't pre-download or pre-order games. I'm going to have to wait until 11 a.m. Central Time tomorrow morning when the Switch store updates and I can actually get Mario Kart downloading. So, well, and, and what's more than like that, that would I'm going to download if, it. If they didn't rush it out for the fiscal year. Yeah, and what's more than that, I'm going to download it tomorrow too. And I have very little confidence that I'm going to be able to play online. And even less oh, confidence God. that I'm going to be able to talk to people. That's another thing is their down. online infrastructure is all fucked right now. We have no idea what the story is there. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's just like this kind of goes to the whole thing that we talk about with Microsoft and Sony where Microsoft has an IP problem. Sony has a services problem. You know, Nintendo has has the IP, but they're kind of in the same boat as Sony of like they have the services. And even worse than Sony. I wouldn't even compare it to Sony. Right. You know, I think it's way worse than what Sony has. And like... It just shows you put out this many consoles, they sell 2.74 uh, sold. People want your games. You sold more games than you sold consoles, and you can't produce enough <laughs> consoles. You know, it's insane to me. Like, yeah, I think this is though obviously it sold less than the Wii U because of when it came out and stuff like that. I really think this is a lot more promising to a lot more people than the Wii U was. Even the Wii, I never even thought about ever purchasing the Wii. The last Nintendo console I owned was the GameCube. Never thought about owning a Wii. Never even thought about owning a Wii U, which I was in the majority there. This one, like the Switch, is really promising. Like, I want one. I'm getting one. Jordan, you have one. Obviously, Dom, you have one. It has Zelda. Of course you're going to get it. But, like, it just, I think this is really promising. I think these sale numbers are great. Uh, like we just talked about, there's a lot that they can improve, and hopefully they do improve. But it's a good start for them. So, I think beating their sales expectations is huge. And hopefully they, they learn from their mistakes that they're making, even though Nintendo isn't prone to do that. But we'll see what happens. Real quick, I want to ask um, about how much we've played Mario Kart 8 since we're on a Switch topic here. Um, I know, I think we've... Did you ever have a Wii U, Jared? No. But you did, Dom, right? No. No? Okay, no. so you guys haven't played Mario Kart 8 at all. I haven't touched it. Damn! All right, well, I played it. On my Wii U when I had one. Um, put a decent amount of hours in. I would say, you know, pushing 20 or so. Um, but I didn't... Um, that was, I would say, definitely the game I played most on my Wii U. Um, but of course I didn't... I wasn't in love with the Wii U itself. So I didn't just dump a crap ton of hours in. So I'm definitely feeling fresh on this one. So I thought... For some reason I thought you had had a Wii U, Dom. <laughs> Alrighty, never mind. Um... So, the next story here, we're talking about expectations and meeting them and learning from your mistakes. We had the Call of Duty World War II uh, announcement. We had the, the live stream talking about it. Uh, this actually came as a surprise. I think there's a couple of things we can dive into. First thing, all the rumors are true. It's Call of Duty World War II. Name is a little funky. Whatever. Um, I want to talk about, so there's three main pillars of this. They focus on the single player, which is huge. I want to knock out the two minor things first, and then we'll talk about the, the single player, which is, I think, the thing that got us most excited, right? So the first thing is they talked about multiplayer a bit. They mentioned boots on the ground about 98 million times, as long as the word visceral and... <laughs> and boots and on the ground, roots. boots on the ground, boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, I think this is exciting for people who are interested in playing Call of Duty multiplayer. 
I think for the most part I'm over Call of Duty multiplayer personally, unless I see some drastic changes in this. Um, somebody posted a picture and it said, hopefully Call of Duty don't make the World War II multiplayer like this, and it was... Uh, it was a Call of Duty character holding an AK-47, yeah, like, yeah, weed paint on it, and like all this crazy stuff. It's yeah, pretty funny. It's indicative. Yeah, it's indicative like of purple how... and green and shit. Yeah, it's like it's true. That's how it's been. But uh, one thing that they said is they talked about this social area between matches, and they showed a slight glimpse of it. And basically, it showed this this soldier standing on this hill and it's panning up, and then you see a bunch of soldiers with their gamer tags above it or you know usernames. And they're just like running around talking and stuff like that. Kind of looks like if you if you've seen Player Unknown Battlegrounds, kind of the pre lobby area where people are running around and stuff. That looked interesting. That looked cool. It's an, a better way to build a community because Call of Duty's community is kind of questionable. The other thing is they showed a tease <laughs> towards uh, Call of Duty's zombies. They showed a picture of a zombie Nazi. It looked like so you know that's a, that's a game mode that people so love. So is. Um... Infinity Ward, the only only studio that doesn't do zombies at this point. They they did zombies in the last game. Yeah. For uh... Infinite Warfare. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, all of them have touched zombies. I think blew up and they used to do another one. It was called like EXO, not EXO. It was uh, yeah, something odd. Yeah, it was weird. But Some they ghosts. all switched to doing zombies because it's so successful. I know people who buy Call of Duty just to play zombies. They don't even play multiplayer or so... multiplayer. For the last several years, they've all had zombies, I guess. Or at least some variation of it. One of them was aliens and not necessarily zombies. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was Advanced Warfare Ghost, Infinite. one of them. Um, But as far as the big news here, the one that got us most excited, the story, the story of Call of Duty, uh, Modern, uh, Modern Warfare, World War Two. This looks huge as Josh uh, Dumel, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's from Transformers. He's a pretty big actor, which isn't surprising to see a pretty big actor in Call of Duty. Um, the story looks really cool. It looks very visceral. You know that because they said that word about 98 times. Um, Boots it on looks the ground. Very, it looks very um, what, intimate, right? It looks very like it's only you and your crew. You're going out there fighting. You're not a superhero like in the past Call of Duties or the recent Call of Duties anyways. Uh, one thing that they did announce is that there's no health packs or ammo drops in the single player. You have to go to your medic to get healed. You have to go to the ammo guy to get ammunition, which I think is really cool. Uh, th- this story seems really personal. It seems more heartfelt than a lot of Call of Duty stories. Um, the main character's nickname is Red because one of the main uh, producers on the game, his father died during the making of the game, and that was his name. Um and the way they talk about the story, it's more than just a, you're going to have a great time is norm- normally how they unveil Call of Duty games. And they're treating it with respect. You have to remember that a lot of these Sledgehammer guys worked at Visceral, the people who did Dead Space. And it seems like they're making this Call of Duty game kind of like what Battlefield 1 did. They're not glorifying war and making it happy and crazy and fun. They're like, this was some dark crap that we had to go through. And it's not So, fun. speaking of Battlefield 1, you said... Call of Duty World War Two was a clunky name. Is it as clunky as Battlefield One, the number no. one? No, I think it's better, way better. Okay, okay, okay. I don't think it's still a great name, but I, I think it's way better because at least it's. It, I understand why it's called Battlefield One, obviously, but like, it. I don't know. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. You don't have to explain yeah, it, Jared. Exactly. Um. So I was I was going into this. I haven't bought a Call of Duty game in six years. Um, after buying them almost every year. This has me really intrigued. I think I'm really 
I, I think I'm really thinking about purchasing Call of Duty uh, to play this campaign, or maybe even wow. renting it. But I'm 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 about eighty twenty on playing this game, which I didn't think I was going to be. But after that showcase of the single player, um, I, I'm 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 in for the most part. Dom, you said you're excited, right? Yeah, I'm in. I'm a hundred zero in. Because <laughs> um, yeah, that single player is really what's selling it to me. I'm I might not even touch the multiplayer, and I would love to play zombies. I used to uh, you know adore that mode, but you know that's when you're playing couch co-op and you have friends, and you know I probably spend hundreds of hours playing zombie mode, but that's not really a thing for me anymore. So I probably won't end up touching the zombie mode more than once or twice with people online because you know how that goes. But the single player looks so good. So in addition to everything that you already said there they're really changing up the like the mechanics of the game right like non-regeneration you know non-regenerating health that's when was the last time a call of duty game did that right like that's that's crazy a like video game period for the most part most games right it's yeah. so you can't you can't really accuse them of you know being stale in the same game over and over again you know and it's more than just changing the setting too so that's really cool but on top of all that it uh, one of the quotes I heard from one of the interviews about it um, was that, you know, you're you're playing as this 19-year-old kid and you can't really do anything that that kid wouldn't have been able to do. And you touched on it too, like you're not a superhero. Like, in fact, you're about as average of a human as you could possibly be, right? You know, you probably can't jump because obviously, you know, wearing all that gear, you can't jump and like every bullet that goes past you scares the living shit out of you and you're, you know, dying and crying and, you know, I don't know. It just felt so much more intimate, like you said. So I think it's, the single player is definitely ha- is going to be awesome. I'm really excited for at least that multiplayer. Eh, we'll see, but that's not really my thing anyway. So, going to what the uh, you can only do what the kid does. They stated that 90% of the game you play as the kid, and people are speaking the other 10% is like if there's a pilot and you have to do some kind of mission uh, right, in the air right. or something like that, or somebody who's driving a tank. That kid doesn't know how to do that stuff. So you might switch to other people in your in your battalion or something like that. Um, the other thing that uh, Marty talked about on Podcast Unlocked that was huge because he got to go see this game behind closed doors is he said, you know, normally when you play Call of Duty and people are shooting at you, you go to slide, you do this really cool, like, baseball slide and you get in behind cover like you've been doing it your whole life. He said when you slide with this kid that you slide face first and you get mud on you and, like, you put your hand – like, a 19-year-old like kid who hasn't right. known war, who got handed a gun a week ago, yeah. it feels like that. Like, they're treating it – uh, respectfully and one of his other quotes i think was like uh he stated a horror is a word i keep coming back to when telling people about call of duty world war ii um which is i mean i think you know one of the cool aspects of this game is, is the history aspect and though it's not one-to-one introducing a new generation of kids to a war that actually happened and instead of treating it glorified treating it as horrific it is, as it is will help kids better understand how bad a war was you know and, and, and on top of that, and on top of that too, uh, much to the dismay of, of Polygon, they're not shying away from like, yeah, this happened in the 40s, right? So even within, uh, you know, the U.S. Army, like there was a lot of racial shit going on uh, and they're not, you know, they're not shying away from that because they want to show like, yeah, this was great. You know, we're fighting the Nazis and they were the enemy, but, you know, a lot of shit, bad shit was still going on, you know, inside, you know, our own business. So. I think that's kind of cool that they're bringing some of that to light. Cause normally, you know, like world war two and the American revolution, you think like, Oh yeah, we're the good guys. Like, it's so great. Like, well, yeah, but we had a lot of issues too still. So exactly. What do you um, mean by much to the dismay of Polygon? Oh, uh, they just, 
I'll 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 send you the article. They they basically accused uh, Call of Duty of just using that that whole aspect that I just described as as marketing. You know, as like a oh yeah, well we're promoting diversity. I don't know. It didn't really make sense. It seemed backwards. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a discussion for another day. We can go into that. A deep yeah, dive. I got you. I got you. Uh, the last news story here comes by way of GameRant. Days Gone developer grows as release date nears. Uh, one of the biggest and best surprises at E3 last year came from Sony as they showed off the mysterious AAA title Days Gone. Um, as reported last week in the local newspaper, the bulletin, Sony Bend is getting ready to jump into one of Bend, Oregon's newest and high-profile pro- office buildings known as Craneshed Commons. The movie is expected to finalize in September, facilitated by the fact that the development studio has more than doubled in size since the start of Days Gone, going from 45 to 103. Traditionally, game development is common for studios to grow during a project that is a near's completion, at which point many of the contract workers then depart the studio once finished. However, Sony Ben's move to a bigger and more permanent home suggests that the increase in staff isn't a temporary move. Um, and the article goes on to state, like, does this mean that they're looking for Days Gone to be a franchise? Spoiler alert, if they're putting money into a new IP, they want it to catch on like wildfire and want it to be a franchise, all right? The more copies they can sell, the better. The interesting thing here is the way they say that they, you know, when you, it's true that when you ramp up in employees, it's to get near completion. I also think that them moving is an indication that this game isn't coming out this year. To move, like, it's one thing to grow in size, but to move your studio from one location to another, I don't know if that necessarily signifies that this game is really close to coming out, you know? I think this might still have, you know, eight months, 12 months in the oven still. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, all these new employees come in and we're five months from release. You know, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, Days Gone is is looking more and more slippery for this year, just the way they've handled it and the way they were really kind of cagey about it at E3 last year and just uh, doesn't seem like they're all the way there yet you know and if 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 they were already in a place and they just you know doubled in size tripled in size then you're like okay that's fine they just need to bring more people in to handle a lot of the nitty-gritty but the fact that they're bringing in more people and moving i think the and moving part is the hugest thing like you know it's you have tons of computers you have tons of like hard drives you have a lot of yeah it's not nothing yeah yeah you have to move you have to get all that stuff set up you have to get everything going it's it's different than just bringing in a bunch of people to work in a location you already have set. And I think them having to move indicates that this isn't, oh, the game's five months out. This is the game's eight to 18 months out, you know? Um, so we'll see. Hopefully you guys get Days Gone this year. Uh, look like an interesting game. Uh, it was probably the, the game I was least excited about in that Sony reel, which, I mean, all those games that they showed were fantastic. So if you're the the least exciting one out of that bunch, that's okay, you know? Um but we'll see how it turns out. That game's been in development for a while. Hopefully it comes out good. You know, just polish it. The last thing you need to do is rush a game. The last thing you need to do is rush a game. Um, speaking of exclusives, though, there was some really cool news. I want to talk about this. This is going to be my topic for the week. Studio Gobo has partnered with Microsoft Studios. I know what you're saying. Oh, my God, Studio Gobo. No, you're probably thinking, who the hell is Studio Gobo? Um, so when Studio I Ghibli? <laughs> if only. Uh, so they tweeted out today, Studio Gobo, at the day of recording, that's April 27th, 2017. Uh, we can't wait to share more uh, with you about our new partnership with Microsoft Studios. Uh, so this was huge. People were like, you know, Xbox is, is needs needs their first party. They need their own IP. They need their own developers. We need some new games, Xbox exclusives. This is huge. So, like I was saying, I didn't know who Studio Gobo was. Most people don't. So I went to their site, and I was looking at their, their catalog, right? I'm going through here. 
they worked on Disney Infinity 1, Disney Infinity 2, 3, and 3.5. What they did for those were Mo Moana, Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Pirates, respectively. The Moana one didn't ship because Disney Infinity got canceled. So they have some pedigree with Disney. Um, the game that they developed before that, they worked on F1 2012, which is a racing game, beautiful game, shows that they can work on high-end products. AAA, you know, F1 maybe wasn't a AAA game, but it's that quality, right? The graphic quality. Um, so that's huge. Uh, also, one thing that people notice is in their job description, they're looking for a character animator, and it specifically says, Studio Gobo is looking for a talented character animator to work on a new AAA character action franchise for a global client. So now we can speculate, obviously the global client is Microsoft. What I want to talk about is what this can mean for Microsoft. I'll bring up my three ideas, and then you guys can bounce off of that, give me some, some more ideas, or you can just think of you know, how plausible these are. So the first idea I have of what they're bringing him in to do is a new IP. Don't have to go into this. It's a new studio they haven't worked with. They probably they could have them making something new for Xbox, right? A Bloodborne, a Days Gone, a Horizon Zero Dawn, something. That's the, that's the boring answer, right? As cool as that is to have a new IP for Xbox, it's the boring answer. So the next thing, they have a pedigree with Disney. I've talked about for so long that I really think Marvel struck up a deal with Xbox. I think that Phil Spencer went to Marvel and they're like, we want our own exclusive game. We saw how excited people got for Spider-Man. We want to make that kind of deal. We know you guys are focusing on games. We have studios that can make great quality experiences. And maybe Disney was like, hey, we have Studio Gobo. They worked with us on Disney Infinity. They're not working on anything right now. Maybe we can do a partnership this way. That would be great, right? They've, Disney has worked with them. They have a relationship. They can trust them with Disney's uh, IP, which is huge. So I think that's a possibility. The last thing is Fable. Now, the reason I say Fable is Studio Gobo is a studio based in the UK. Lionhead was based in the UK. I think it would be really smart for Microsoft to have that pedigree of a UK studio and bring that UK pride to a game like Fable, you know, an Xbox exclusive. I think that would be great. Uh, studio Gobo is, is based in Britain. Um, also, in the description, AAA character action franchise, you know, they left an RPG that could definitely still be Fable, you know? Um, so I, I really think that those are the three possibilities. Um, so new IP, uh, Disney or Marvel uh, exclusive game, and uh, Fable. What do you guys think? What do you think Studio Gobo could be working on for Microsoft? Minecraft. Minecraft. Oh, that was the <coughs> other thing. Yeah, the Minecraft Toys to Life. Yep. So, yeah, be it Toys to Life or some kind of, you know, the 3D action game. I have no idea what that looks like, but... Remember, my, or Microsoft bought Minecraft. Or they bought the studio. Um, I can't even remember the name of the studio. Mojang. 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 Right. Uh, for $6 billion or something along those lines, like which was the price of Star Wars and Lucasfilm, which is baffling. But anyway, um, I don't think that they've quite tapped into you know, the money they can make from that IP, um, considering how much they paid for it. So I think they've been working on something for a while now. And maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not the studio Gobo deal. Maybe someone else is working on it, but I think you know something big for Minecraft has to be uh, coming out of Microsoft soon here. Um, but that's my guess, I, and maybe it's a Toys of Life type deal, uh, given Studio Gobo's experience. But I think it, I think we just haven't heard enough from of Minecraft in general, uh, given the value of that IP. Yeah. So I think those are really all quite good and plausible uh, guesses for what could be the outcome here. Um, you know, I'm not sure about them making the 
like Marvel superhero game, just because even though they've done like the F one game or whatever, I'm I'm just I'm still not sure they could make like a big third person open world action. Yeah, that game. they have that pedigree. Yeah, completely understandable. So um, who knows? Maybe they do have it in them, but uh, just not sure. So uh, you know, Minecraft toys to life, I think is you know obviously fits. And then I think Fable, once again, that's more of a AAA series, so I'm not so convinced that they could be doing that. Um, but certainly a new IP, you know, that could certainly be it, because Microsoft obviously needs that. Obviously they've been talking a lot. You know, right around the time Horizon came out, it was like, well, well Phil Spencer, where's all the Microsoft, you know, exclusives? What are we doing here, man? And so he had to answer a bunch of tweets about that shit. And so, you know, I think eventually, hopefully sometime this year, E3 maybe, we get to a point where it does feel like, okay, Microsoft's headed in the right direction as far as um, their exclusives and their new IP. I think the, the weird thing too is I've seen some people be like, why is anyone caring about what they're doing? It's probably not going to see it for a couple of years. No, Studio Gobo announced that they're working with Microsoft Studios today. We don't know how long they've actually been working together. You know? Right, right. Yeah, we have could no be idea. Out tomorrow. It could be. Yeah, exactly. Or it, probably not. They could have had this deal last week. We don't. We don't know. You know. Um, I think the Toys Life Minecraft is a safe bet. It makes sense. You know, kids love toys. Kids love Minecraft. Merge those two things. No brainer, right? The only thing weird there is that there's no really amiibo kind of functionality on anything Xbox related. Connect is kind of dead and gone, right? So that's kind of weird there. I don't know how they would implement it if they do a maybe they do a Lego Dimensions kind of thing where you have to buy the portal and then it comes and you plug that in USB and then you put the things in there that could work too. Uh, I think that's huge. My the thing with Fable, I think this is more likely than the the Marvel thing because I do agree with you that they might not have necessarily the pedigree that though they have a relationship with Disney, maybe Dis Disney and Xbox like we don't want to entrust this studio, right? Because that's a it's supposed to be a big AAA game. With Fable, Fable's a AAA game, but it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily up to this, like, Uncharted, you know? So, uh, I mean, I, they could, you know, they might be able to stretch it, who knows? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, obviously we don't know, I I hope, I don't want to guarantee, but I really hope we see what Studio Gobo is working on at E3, I hope that's one of the hey, here's the studio we brought in. Look what they're working at. Because that's what I really want to see from Phil Spence and those guys. Is like, yeah, Scorpio would ever talk about that. But like, here's a studio. Here's what they're working on for Xbox. Here's <laughs> yeah. a studio. Here's what they're working on for the, Xbox. The other Scorpio, thing, that little thing. The other thing we didn't even consider, and I never really thought of this before uh, Before all the Battlefront 2 stuff came out. Maybe Studio Gobo is just working on one piece of a game, right? And there's three other studios also True. playing a part of this. Yeah. Whereas like for Battlefront 2, I think it's, Criterion is doing the story, and Visceral is I, I'm I'm butchering. You know, or you know, a different studio is doing the multiplayer dice, and then a third studio is working on all the, you know, the the vehicle stuff or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, but, but the benefit you know. there is those are all EA owned, so it's a lot easier to have those studios work together. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's that's a lot different because they're all under okay. one little branch. I really think, I think, uh, you know. I really hope that Studio Gobo's game is kind of featured in our predictions when we do those. Uh, see what everyone thinks they're going to be showing or what their game's going to be. That'd be really cool. I think that's pretty much it for that. I think we just, you know, can't wait for E3 and can't wait to see what they're doing. I think Toys Life would be smart 
but we're you know time will tell what we're gonna be doing. Um, let's get into Walking Dead. Dumb. All right, episode four, A New Frontier. Haven't played it? Get the fuck out, because we're gonna spoil <laughs> the shit out of it. Yeah. I I, I came in really really serious right there that's not usually how i am but anyway yeah so yeah so pause now i mean i guess the episode's pretty much over for you this is the last topic we'll do so we're gonna spoil episode four um stick around if you played it and you want to hear some thoughts on it so subscribe youtube.com search controlled interest uh at dom smells yeah at dom's or yada yada all right walking dead episode four I really liked it. Not quite as much as the first three. Uh, I mean, it's episode four, so, you know, this is where inevitably all the action really, like, came down hard. Because, um, you know, we're it's towards the end here, and there's big standoff scene at the end um, where you get, you get back to Richmond, and at least in my version, your, your brother is about to be hung, and, you know, you have the choice to basically... Uh, shoot Joan, the lady in charge of Richmond. Well, okay, or not. you're you're literally jumping to the end of the episode here, Dom. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, a I think that that's the biggest part. Uh, the, and it, you know, a whole lot of action sequences. And uh, some of it just felt forced. It felt weird that like, oh, he's just walking back into Richmond, uh, and no one seems to care. I don't know. And then I could really right, but then when he's when he's there, it's like okay, so he's just can just shoot her, and none of the you know, 30 armed guards around him are going to stop him. It just, I don't know. It felt uh, weird. Okay, I think we need to rewind a little bit. Here. All, right, all, right, all right, all right, let's back up. So the episode starts with the whole flashback thing. I'd like to talk about that because I really like that scene. This, this flashback before, of course, the uh, apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, before shit went down, hit the fan, whatever. Um... And they're, Javi and uh, David are at a batting cage. Um, and, of course, Javier was a former uh, baseball player, professional baseball player in Baltimore. So um, he's kind of goofing around and, and showing off. And, you know, David, I want to like this guy, but he's just such he, an he asshole. Was, in that batting cage, he was a being a whiny little bitch. Yeah, I he's just such an asshole. He's, like, <laughs> <same> always... <dumb. laughs> Always I homered every single ball that got shot at me, and he kept whining. Why yeah. you get show me like, dude, dude. like crush it? I'm, I'm like, I'm crushing it. Crush, yeah, crush everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like pl- press square to crush the ball. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's how baseball works, right? You just push yeah, a button, and yeah, you hit home run. Yeah, but then, um, you know, then he's bitching like he always does because he just can't handle any problems whatsoever no. without freaking out on everybody around him because he's a crazy asshole. I do but, like uh, the his voice actor's doing a pretty good job, I'd say. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. They're, I think all the, the performances are great. But uh, then you end up having this, in my experience, important conversation and meaningful conversation with him about where he's trying to uh, leave – his kids and his wife and go uh, sign up for the military and enlist and, you know, go find the war essentially. And, um, you know, Javier, at least what I did was kind of like, dude, you got, you didn't have kids last time you enlisted. Like you got to take care of your family. And then he's like, well, can you take care of them if I leave? And I'm like, Jesus, dude. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, so if you, if you have to ask that question, then yeah, just, just fucking leave. Like, yeah. Yeah, so um. I love the context though because 
you know, you've heard about like how he was a pro baseball player, but you don't really know why he left. And this one, you get a strong hint that he was betting on his own games, you know. Oh, what did he say? Yeah, he said, because uh, they say something, David says something, or Javi says something about betting on yourself. And he, and, uh, and David's like, you would know a lot about that, wouldn't you? Or whatever. Kind of hinting at that's a whole oh. reason, yeah, that's a whole reason why he's no longer a baseball player. He, uh, Pete rose it, and he was betting yeah, on yeah, the games, yeah, and that's yeah. why he got kicked okay. out. Yeah. I love very, that context. Very interesting. I'm glad you picked up on that because <laughs> I didn't catch that. Because <laughs> I was like, um, I was always wondering, like, he was a pro baseball player, but what happened? Yeah, you know? me too. Me too. And then they give a little subtle hint of like, oh, he was betting on his own games, you know, mm. which kind of leads to Javi's arrogance at some point. So you kind of hear about throughout the game that he used to be very arrogant, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a great way to open it up and... You know, I just want to keep driving it home. I just think these writers are nailing it, and the way they're telling the story, and um, just these flashbacks. Obviously, we've had those with Clem. We'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. Um, and they're they're not using them in a gimmicky way. I think they're just they're really well done. Or starting, I guess it was either episode two or three. I can't remember with the flashback. Um, you know, in the house with the kids and the whole family. and Don't you think that they do a I really like good job of, like, it. humanizing the apocalypse? Like, a lot of sure. stuff they do yeah. during the writing of these episodes, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, I just want to mention real quick, is, like, when Clementine, Clementine you find out Clementine's going through a period, you yeah. know, it's like, you're in the zombie apocalypse, like, the, that's a very human moment, it's a very awkward conversation, you know, because, oh, yeah. like, Javi's kind of like her older brother in some ways, and it's like, well, yeah, it's your period. You go through it, you know, yada, yada, yada. And think, and man, of... there's only so many tampons and pads around the world. Like, eventually that shit's going to run out, and they're just going to have to make them. Well, and then one of one of my favorite lines in it is he says, basically it allows you to have the opportunity to be a mom if you want to. Right. And how Clementine's like, well, I already, I never really had a choice. Or, like, what did she say? She's like, I feel like I already, a mom already. I, feel, I already feel like a mom already. And then that's when you get the flashback. Um, yeah. But, like, I love the way they humanize the apocalypse and i think the game the games do this i think a lot better than the show does i think the show does it sometimes but i think the mm. game is better at capturing those very human moments you know right right so. so at the end of last episode you know you had the fight got you confronted joan um because she's been what was it basically they were going around to other communities and fucking them over and taking all their shit Just yeah they're stealing him yeah they were Stockpiling without the, it without the opportunity of working together, <laughs> yeah. But doing yeah. so without telling you know the the rest of the people that lived in right. Their community. But they were using that yep. to fuel yep. the community either way, and so stockpiling all this shit, and they get confronted, um, and then um, I can't remember the guy's name, but um, David kills that one dude, and shit goes down, and so they put you in this jail cell. Then she wants to talk to David privately, and so you eventually get out. Gabriel helps you, um, and then you meet up with everybody else. Oh, speaking of, hold on, I don't want to interrupt you. You guys both it. killed. You guys both killed the bald guy, right? That's what you're talking about. You let David kill him. I think um, who's the bald no, guy? No, th- that was I was referencing something from episode three. Yeah, yeah, you you guys the... let him at the end of it. You guys killed him, right? When he's sitting on the ground on his knees. And he says, "I can help you guys." I'll oh, tell yeah. the whole. No, yeah, no, both no. You guys... 
I shot that motherfucker not, myself. That's the end, but not the very end. I'm talking about the very end. The very end is where it goes to black and you hear the gunshots. And then you find out in the beginning of this episode, it was yeah. um, one of the, it was the black guy that uh, David killed when they were confronting Joan in the church. You're talking about when they found all the shit stockpiled. Your, the, your game, well, yours is different because that didn't happen in mine at the beginning of episode four. Okay, so <laughs> just so just to be clear here, you you were referencing the bald guy a second ago, and that was the guy that they shot in the head that was on his knees in the stockpiling part. Um, you right. had the choice of shooting, yeah. Right. So then, then after that, in that same episode, you go to confront Joan, right? Yes. Yeah. So then, at the very end of that it gets into like fighting territory where they start screaming at each other and then no. the screen goes black. Well, okay. And my thing, the <laughs> screen too. goes black yeah. Yeah. and you hear gunshots. And then in this, the beginning of this episode, you find out that, uh, David Lonnie. killed that random black guy in the, that's in the group. That was mine too. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. So, um, it's based on how you decide to go through that, uh, altercation basically anyways um so gabriel helps you get out of that cell and then um you meet up with the whole group um who are in kind of a safe house so you've got ava you've got uh trip and eleanor you've got katie i gotta point out one other difference gabriel so kate helped me get out of the cell not gabriel oh wow mine was (laughs) gabe (laughs) i don't even know why there would that would be different Maybe it, I was probably sweeter uh, on her early also, on or something. The mm-hmm. random black guy was a, uh, alive in my game, so I kept the bald guy alive, and he's the one that died at the end of episode three. He of got life. shot in the altercation. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, probably why <laughs> that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, um, and then yeah, we're trying to you know form a plan of attack because we need to get David freed from Joan who's going to have this public event where she hangs him and he's got to answer for her answer for his crimes. And, you know, she's lying to the whole city about this big thing. So, um, of course, Kate still wants to just, you know, tell David to fuck off and just leave. But, um, Javi, as Javi, you're kind of like, no, or at least I was like, no, you know, we need a plan. We need to help David. So then Gabriel's still your brother, right? Yeah. Gabriel's like, Hey, let's go hit up the armory. You go do that with Ava. Um, who I've really gotten to like at this point. Um, and then uh, you end up having a fight at the armory with that guy who stabs you in the arm. Did that happen Trip. to you guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but a random guy, yeah. Before that, with the Kate conversation, I just told her if she wants to leave, she can do. She can leave on her own. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, I was no, like, I'm I here said, for my I brother. I said we need a plan. Leave. I was just like, if you want to leave, leave then. Go ahead. I'm staying. Jesus I need Christ, help. Jared. <laughs> so, wow. Um, so, yeah, then we get back with the guns, and then you have this this big scene where um, Trip finds out this is... No, wait. Okay, so before this happens, you uh, find Clementine in the doctor's office, right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, this would be before, because by the time you get back... Um, your arm's been uh, fixed up by Clementine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 
by the time you get back to the safe house. So um, you find Clementine in the doctor's office. She can help you get your arm fixed up because he's way too junked up on heroin, I think, or some yeah, sort of he's opiate. It to seems. Something. <laughs> it seems like an opiate of some sort, most likely. Uh, yeah. Because he is a doctor and has access to those sorts of things. Anyways, he's whacked the fuck out and uh, can't get him to come to attention. So she's going to sew your arm. And then, you know, that's when you had that conversation about the uh, her having her first period. And um, you find her some pads in the drawer. Um, or at least I did. Do you guys find those? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just found the needle and the bandage. I didn't find the yeah. tampon. There's another drawer right there with uh, pads in there. Oh, well. Yeah, I didn't yeah. find it. <laughs> um, so that, and then you also have the flashback scene uh, with Jane or, I guess, Kenny, if you're Dumb. okay with keeping <laughs> insane people alive at the end of season two. Um, <laughs> so there's that scene, um, and... Uh, what all happens in that scene? You get tackled by that zombie and f- flung into the. You're clearing the pit. zombies from the the house that way it's safe, and then you're having a conversation yeah. about getting rid of the smell, and then you're heading back and zombies attack you guys, and right. Clem Clem kills one, and then you fall into the pile of zombies and yeah. kill the other one. Yeah. And then you have the conversation about family and how much you know Jane means to you, and she's like, you know, as long as we're together, and we have each other, we're all we're gonna be okay. When you're flashes you know, she blows forward. Her out. <laughs> yeah, and then it flashes forward, and she's killed herself by that point, so it's, you know, really fucked up. And Whoa, um, then you have okay. this really, really, this is where I really started to love Ava, the conversation that they oh, have. Oh, yeah, in the woods. Um, yeah. In the woods at uh, Clem's shack. This is after she's tried to give the medicine to AJ, or at least that's what I did, and she got kicked out of the group. And so, out of the front, new frontier. And so, I really like this part where... Um, you're having this conversation with Ava and she's talking like, yo, you are a badass and you do, you can be on your own and do shit, but like, um, you know, you could definitely use help along the way. And if you ever need somebody, I've got you and like all this stuff. So you're a good um, person. Don't lose that. I love that. Okay. Part right. At the end. And she I, made I a was promise that. not to lose that part of her. I read that way differently. Cause I every chance during that scene, I basically told Ava to just fuck herself, and I was like, "Get away!" Like, no, Jesus Christ, Dom! First of all, <laughs> yeah. they've built up her trust, your trust in no. her for these episodes where she would not screw over David this whole time, and so I knew that she was trustworthy. And then this is the second time that she's tried to help out Clem. She's bringing her food. She's bringing her a picture mm-hmm. that AJ no. drew. Why the fuck would you it. tell her to fuck off? Oh, I just are you kidding me? They, she just stood next to David as they took the kid. From Clem? No, like, mm-mm. I want, well, I I want mean, no like business that, there. I, I don't blame her for that at all. Like, you can't... There's not much she could do in that situation. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, I was trying to be Clem, right? Thinking that's what I would think if I was Clementine from her perspective. Yeah, from Ava's perspective, you get it too, but... Yeah, I was, Like, oh, I you want to be my friend behind their back, but you weren't there to stand up for me when it mattered. Exactly, I exactly. From. I didn't treat it like that, but I, I completely see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I just feel like that was a lose-lose situation, and even if... Like, basically, Ava could have kept her mouth shut as she did and helped her out this way, or she could have spoken up and then they both kicked out, get kicked out, they're both fucked, and she can't help her out by bringing her this food and all that, you know, so. After this is, like, the big thing that you'll get to now is, like, one of the biggest decisions of the episode, I think, so. So, um, then you gotta choose whether or not to kill Lingard, the doctor, um, 
and he wants you to oh, kill yeah. him because he's too much of a coward to do it himself uh, to overdose on this drug and he says that if you go ahead and inject him he'll give you the location of AJ for Clem to go find and so um, I it ended up killing him because that's how like Clem was Clem was going to get her information yeah. she See? needed to find AJ I knew that was important to her and this guy's, you know, already fucked anyways and wants to die, so yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I did, I did that too. Because you could choose either to not kill him, let Clem choose, or you do it. And I was just, I'm going to yeah. do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. that was another one where I didn't kill him. I chose not to. I wish I had. I didn't realize. I, I must have been falling asleep or something. Because I didn't even really realize that that's that he had offered AJ's location. I figured we I would get it anyway. Um, mm. That ended up not being the case. Um so I don't have any idea where AJ is. I'm sure we'll still find him, I guess. But Would and you again, like I was you? no, I, whatever. Okay. We'll see how it plays out for me. Okay. But again, I'm 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 gonna you know I'm gonna live with it because as Javi right there, who doesn't know Clementine, I think you'd be less apt to just kill Whoa. the guy because because we know I Clementine. I wouldn't say he doesn't know Clementine. I think they've been through a lot together at this point. At this point, I, at this point, I, I mean, a couple episodes. Whereas, like, but that's. Well, we've known Clementine for almost three full seasons now, right? And Javi hasn't. So I'm trying to not let that bias lead well, into also what Javi though, would even, do. Even if it's not just for Clementine finding where AJ is, I, the way I'm playing Javi it is could, he, yeah. if this guy wanted him to, himself to die, Javi would help him do that, you know? Yeah, like right. uh, my Javi's made plenty of tough decisions at, at this point, killing the bald guy. Or fuck, Dom. I mean, you you said you picked to go extra hard on the guy bashing his brains in earlier, but like, oh, he didn't know Clem enough to like help her out well, with this guy. What? But it makes perfect sense though, because that was the guy who killed Javi's niece. Yeah. So then, yeah, I'm just that saying, was real like, personal. If 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 your Javi is already that brutal, then I feel like he'd be like, yeah, Clem needs to find AJ. This guy's a fucking loser who wants to die. Let's do it. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't care about that doctor. I was like, whatever, you're fucking... I thought it would be worse for him if I didn't kill him. Like, he was asking me to kill him. I thought I was, like, yeah. making him suffer more if I didn't. Jordan, did you kill him before he turned? Like, you put it, the knife in his head, in his temple? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you cannot uh, do that. Not... You can skip that and let him turn to a zombie. I'm not about that, man. That's Yeah, me too. That's... I'm just like, here you go. You're good. We can get into, we can get into zombie apocalypse ethics uh, <laughs> another time, but, like, even my worst enemy I wouldn't let turn into a zombie. Dude, and then... Uh, and then the next part that comes up is because they're going to get this truck, so that way they can have a good escape. Yeah. Uh, Gabe crushing on on Clem is so funny because yeah. though they're kind of the same oh, yeah. age, they're completely different as far as maturity. Like yeah, Clem yeah. has been through yeah. so much, and she's like uh, mature than most adults. She's an in these adult, games. yeah, and, and he's, he's like obviously a normal kid. kid. Yeah. And he's crushing on her hard, and it's so funny. Right. It's so funny. And so I've been big up question, on that shit, man, and I'm so glad they really brought it through this episode. So the big question, uh, Jared, you already said what you did. Jordan, did you initiate romantic contact with Kate in that van? Well, scene I think we still got a second. We got a couple yet? more steps because we got you steal the car, and then you got to hot wire it. I assume you guys, you know, did all that yeah. shit, right? Yep. Yeah. And then you get it back, and then yeah, I guess that is kind of the next major. It's weird because you get you get in the car, and depending on what happens when you get back to Richmond, it depend it makes it so she either comes with you, she stays in the car, she's happy, she's sad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're having the conversation once you get back to Richmond before 
Um, all this sh- other shit goes down at the very end. And Clem and Gabriel are playing cards in the back, having a good time. And then you're kind of reminiscing, reminiscing with her. And then she's like, yo, I'm really into you. And I know we've had this weird back and forth thing, but it's kind of hot. And like, yada, yada, yada. So I just want to go ahead and go with it if you're down. I know it's going to be you know, <laughs> tough to talk to David about it, but whatever. And so I waited as long as I possibly could on the loading bar. I was like, holy shit, I cannot decide. Because not the biggest thing was just that I felt like I had just gotten things situated with David, my brother, again. And so it's like, I don't want to fuck this up right after we get things situated. Dude. And also, he's a crazy asshole. So so I was like, he could just, you know, shoot me in the head because he saw us kissing or something. And Mm -hmm. so I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, and then eventually just went with it. The funniest thing, Jordan, is I could have not pushed that button quicker. The moment I read both (laughs) of those options, I was like, I'm I'm mashing B as quickly as possible. I don't know why you hate her so much. Also, once I realized, um, I think we skipped over something because we skipped the part where... Trip finds Trip out and Eleanor, that, yeah. Right, so yeah, you. basically you're in the safe house after, this is sometime after the armory, oh, before you go to get the truck, but after the armory and after the flashback with Clementine, um, you come back and then Gabriel's pissed because he wants to go, um, you know, get the truck, he wants to be a part of all the plans, he wants to be an adult, yada, 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 and eventually he comes out saying that, just screams out that, um, was it Clint? Was that the guy's name? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that you killed the, him. How is life so precious if you killed him? Yeah, the, the black guy from the beginning of the season where his wife got killed uh, by the New Frontier at the very beginning and then he went crazy because he found out that Clem was part of the New Frontier at one point um, and this is down in like a train tunnel or something where he grabs Gabriel, I think, or Clem. Yeah. One, he grabs Gabriel and, and holds Gabriel hostage, but he points the gun at Clem. Okay, and then he's about to shoot them, and so you kill him, and then I think you end up telling Trip later that you know he got caught by zombies or whatever, which is the excuse of the century when you're in the apocalypse. So, <laughs> um, um, I, you know, this is obviously not even like a Shane situation in the TV show where he like actually uses that guy as zombie bait to you know so that he can oh, get yeah. away or whatever this is that not even anything like that this is where this guy was going crazy and so when trip just all of a sudden freaks out which i knew he would i knew he had a short temper the whole season i was waiting for him to turn on javier and i knew that's why they were keeping him around but then eleanor really like i was I know, so into you and then just on a fucking dime she's like just hates me never wants to see me again anything like that i'm like well, I guess since it's not going down with Eleanor, it's going down with Kate. And that's how I was like, I'm a lone survivor, because that that happened, I'm like, okay, well, Eleanor. A lone then. survivor. So, so, no, Jordan, I was having the same thoughts as you. I was like, oh, this is going to piss David off, you know, if you end up getting with Kate. And so that's why I did do it, because I was like, this is going to make things more interesting yeah. in that regard at the end. And part of me was like, well, it's the apocalypse, and Javi's going to get it. So The funny thing, too, is so I told her, like, no, I don't have any interest. And then she's like, well, what about all the signals? I'm like, what are you talking about? We're just friends. I don't know what you're talking about. Because, like, the whole game, I, was, Damn, I wasn't Jared. doing anything romantic. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Are you Ice lying? cold. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so, funny because we all – both of you guys kind of went for Kate. Different, though, because, like, uh, Dom was down, Jordan took a while, and then obviously I was like, hell no, I finally get to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Then comes the moment when you walk into Richmond – 
and the second time that Eleanor pisses pisses you off, you can get oh. into Jordan and explain it. Oh, exactly God, what yeah. Down. So then, basically, we're getting down to the end here where you're walking up to this scene where David's in a noose and Joan's trying to spit some bullshit and uh, she's got all these dead bodies lined up that have come from you and David. And um, the, there's people kind of dispersed throughout the crowd and you're walking up with Gabriel and Clem. And then what is it that Eleanor actually says? Well, what happens is uh, jo- uh, Joan or Joanna, or however you want to pronounce it, Joan. she's basically like, yeah, she's basically like, we know about your plan all along, Javi, we're expecting you to join us. And you know how we knew about this plan? Your friend Eleanor uh, told us all about it. We knew about right. the entire plan this whole time. Ugh. Um, shit's going down, and she makes Joan makes you choose between saving either Trip or uh, Ava, and I chose to save Ava. Ooh. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> I. So, yeah, basically, whoever you choose to save, I guess, is who gets shot. Is, and I guessed that correctly, goes. which I loved because I picked Trip because here's what I was thinking. As much as I hate Eleanor, she might turn around. She might have just been scared, right? And Eleanor's my only You're option. You're still trying to get that shit, no. aren't you, Jim? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but listen, listen, here's my thought. She's smart, so maybe she's just scared and whatever. I still, I'm okay with cutting loose from her completely because, you know, she's shown that she could flip on a dime. But my thought process was if I pick Ava, right, and they kill Trip. They might get mad at me because uh, Ava and David might get mad at me because I'm not I'm not picking somebody I've known longer, right? Yeah. But if I pick Trip, worst case scenario, they could Ava. I still have Trip on my side and Eleanor. But if they kill Trip, I'll still have Eleanor Eleanor on my side, and we'll lose Ava. But it it was I was trying to think of like because I knew it was probably going to be the thing where you, whoever you pick dies but I was like maybe yeah. it's just they'll do the opposite the normal video game thing so I was yeah. trying to plan which one would be the best as far as all circumstances I kind of wish I uh, I would have done it opposite and had uh, and had Ava die maybe but yeah Ava lived for me which is cool because I like Ava Trip died yeah. but now I have Eleanor on my side because she saw me publicly pick Trip so I was stuck. I like oh, basically flipped shit. the shit. So you're telling me that I could have saved Ava, told Trip to fuck off and die, and got Eleanor all at the same time. Yeah. But but God Ava would have hated you for choosing her to die. Yeah, right? true, true. And Ava. Yeah, the but best. David I, David's I like still there much. though. So and my no, I'd, I'd rather Ava like David. me than Eleanor like me. Eleanor can get fucked at this point, um, figuratively and literally, but. Uh, I do think that. But think about this. I was kind of feeling. I was kind of feeling the opposite thing. Like I kind of felt like it was coming up, but I just like I was like, no, fuck you, Trip. She's been loyal the whole time, is what Hoffy says, and I agree with that. And then Jones like, well, guess what? You got betrayed. Blah blah blah, and you suck. So kill Ava. Let's get to the last couple of choices real quick, and then we'll we'll close out the show. So the other choice after this, you decide if you want to take the deal to let all of you walk out of there. And that's yeah. that's uh that's the farmer dude's choice, which I think his name is Clint. I think the black guy had a different name. Um, okay. Yeah. And okay. Uh, or you can or you can decide to firefight it out, right? Uh, right. I I chose to take the deal. I don't know what you guys chose. I, I shot I, Joan in the I motherfucking face. Okay. Yeah. So I I'll explain what mine is since you two have the same one. I'll explain what mine is. Mine's different. So I chose to accept the deal. Uh, you know, David comes down. David immediately grabs the gun, shoots Clint in the head. 
No, no, he takes Damn. him hostage. He takes him hostage and he points the gun at Joan. Then a firefight ensues. Javi, with Javi, you're like, dude, you're screwing everything up. I yell at David. I'm like, you're screwing everything up. What's your problem? Um, and then he turns, shoots Clint right in the face, kills him. And then you're you're behind the pillars. You're talking. You're like, you screwed this up. What's your point? David takes off. Gabe wants to follow him. And I, uh, as Javi, I basically tell him, like, his revenge isn't worth him. your life. Yeah, that, that um, happened in mine, too. Yeah, I told then, Gabe to go ahead. And then this is another thing oh that happens. Oh, my God. That I, that I don't know if this happened with you guys because of your situation with Kate. But Kate comes barreling in in the truck. And yeah, well, you, you have to go save Clem, and then you get on the walkie-talkie with her. Yeah, yeah. You, you I told Clem. her to come in. I don't know if that was a decision. Like, you could have told her to It didn't matter. Hold I told off. her to stay. I told her to stay, too. Yeah. And she comes barreling in. Somebody throws a Molotov cocktail, hits the top of the truck. Dude. She drives all crazy. You have to dodge the truck. She comes in, hits the gate that was holding back the giant horde of zombies that's been in yeah. your face the entire episode, and they start pouring in. Really quick, mm-hmm. do you think Kate's alive? I think she's still alive. No, she's not at all, because Clem goes, you have to go get her before, boom, and then the fucking thing blows up. I still up, think she's so. alive. I still think I she's mean, alive. if she's alive, that's one of those things that's going to piss me off, because um, I was watching Get Out recently, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but Someone, to me, it seems like that person shouldn't be able to get up and still, you know, like, attack somebody or whatever. Like, that's how I feel in this situation. This person was in a car that exploded. They should not be able to be alive, you know? Even if that's what Telltale wants to do or whatever, I'm just going to think it's stupid. Well, it's like a giant Brinks truck, too, so it's like, well, is it, like... Can, can you be safe inside of it or whatever? I mean, I don't yeah, care if she's maybe, dead. Maybe. To be blunt and honest with you, like, if she's dead or whatever. Um, yeah. But, like, really quick, I wanted to go through the uh, decisions before we close out the show. So I'm going to tell you guys in on Xbox the correlation. I wrote these down. So 50%, this, these are the choices I made, 50% of people chose to kill Lingard, and I was with that. 24% of people chose to turn down Kate, so I'm definitely in the super minority there. Uh, 44% of people tried to save Trip. Um, meaning a lot more people try to say Ava, which is cool, but she died, obviously, if you pick that. Um, and then 48% of people took the deal and didn't start a firefight. So I was actually in the minority for most of my decisions, except for killing uh, uh, Lingard. So I thought it was a good episode. I agree with Dom that I don't think it was as strong as the first three, but I don't think this is... People are saying it suffers the Telltale fourth episode curse. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was better than Batman's episode four. Um... I like the episode a lot. I can't wait for episode five, and I'm excited to see this season wrap up. I also think this, like we talked about before, this is a super smart way to time jump forward with Clem and not have her be the protagonist. So maybe next season she's back, she's a little bit older, that kind of stuff. I think it was a smart decision to branch off. So, Yeah. I think overall it was pretty good. There was just a, like a few more moments than usual where I could see the strings, right? Where I yeah. could figure out, well, you know, Obviously, what was who was who exactly was going to say exactly what had I made the other decision? There's just a couple of those moments where I'm like, okay, well, I can really easily do the math here and figure out, you know, th- these games to me they're best when those other moments where we're talking to each other and we don't know what would have happened if you did the other thing. Yeah, and there was just not a couple so binary. Moments. Yeah, exactly. And there's just a couple of moments where it was just really obvious to me what would have happened. Um, really quick, really quick, do not to be too long. Game ran fine for me again. I think I don't know if I'm super lucky, but I had no performance issues once again. So mine was mine was good too. Vita remote play, hell yeah. 
Um, as far as what we're going to be playing next week, uh, I think I'm going to be playing some more Fallout Shelter. Talked about how much I'm enjoying that. Uh, Prey, unfortunately, is still two weeks away, so we'll not have any impressions there. I don't know what else I'm going to be playing. I don't have anything like definitive that I'm going to be hopping into, but uh, I'm definitely going to be playing Fallout Shelter, and then I'll see whatever I get my hands on for the most part. Uh, and going to try to watch some Berserk or Cowboy Beep Up in the name of Jordan, so that's pretty much it. I got more Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm going to keep grinding at that. More Salt and Sanctuary. And then, of course, a little bit of Mario Kart. Hell yeah. Seems like it's going to be a good week for all of us. Uh, that's been episode 57. If you can, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Search Controlled Interests. We're really close. We're at 87 subs. Really close to 100 subscribers to get the custom URL. We had a new review go up last week. A video review for Spectre of Torment. The new Shovel Knight uh, story campaign. It was uh, reviewed by Jordan Boyd, a friend of the show. I edited it together, so definitely check that out. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Jordan is at Mellow Modus. And the Controlled Interest Twitter is CTRLINT. Definitely do that as well if you can. And lastly, rate us on iTunes. It really helps the show. We'll catch you guys in episode 58 uh, where we might have a guest, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So catch you guys next time. Bye. Friends is better than Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, my God.